Um, today, at the start of the show, we're going to be joined by um, the lovely Robert Tennant, who mm. we spoke about last week on the show. Um, and uh, he has recently put out a, um, a book called Come Back to Bed that is, um, includes photographs and things that are very beautiful to look at. And, so beautiful. And have a really lovely, yeah. well painful also powerful story behind them so mm. robert's on air with us hi robert hi so glad that you could join us with technology from far away yeah i know we tried last week but that didn't work too well yeah so for our listeners we were actually talking about him on air last week and somebody told him about it and next thing you know he we he like messaged me and and we set this all up so very exciting. It was very exciting. Um, yeah. So, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, this project and and its and its coming into being? So it was. I, I never really like planned to do a project at all. It was I was abused and like sexually abused in January, end of January, start of February, and I was. 17 at the time and I that was actually one of my like maybe before that I would have had in the course five times mm -hmm. so it was still really really fresh to me at the time and mm -hmm. then after that I went through a whole bunch of emotions and didn't know what to feel I felt very confused and I did a whole lot of self blame and so I took about five months off to just comprehend what had just happened and really just be alone and try and think of where I was going to go and what I was going to do and how to trust people again. Mm -hmm. And eventually I met a guy and we just clicked so well, like immediately. And from there we hung out a couple more times. And when it came to having sex again, I was like, I didn't know what to do because before that I didn't have experience or anything and when everything was happening he was making sure I was okay and talking me through and we were just like it was very different from what happened five months ago hmm. so then after that I pulled out my camera and took a photo of him and then I developed it a month later and just kept it on my phone and then from there I met another guy like maybe four or five weeks later and then I took a photo of him and I took a couple he took some of me and I did that for, for about like until maybe October or mm. November last year and I thought and I was writing memories down and writing stories down as well and then I just compiled it all into a folder and then I thought this would be a really cool diary sort of book to keep around and I was just going to have it for myself and then I think I thought that it would be a really good story to put out to hopefully help people mm -hmm. and I put it out last week, no like two weeks ago and it's, you know, now we're here. Hmm. Wow. So I didn't realize that it was all such a recent process, too. That's like quite a lot of um, processing to do in 
in a, a year and a half. Yeah. Wow. It, it was, um, I had all the photos and all the writing and I was just reading through it at night. It was just like on notes on my phone and then the photos were in like a folder on my app. And then I started editing them and putting them together in the layout that is what it is now. And I just thought, wow, that's actually really like, because I know that there have been similar concepts because when I thought of the concept, I thought I would Google and see what other people have done. And I think the only other one I found was one in Melbourne where a gay man took photos of his Tinder date. Hmm. But it was very, very different from what I was trying to do and the photos that I were putting out. Hmm. And then I was just like, I'm just going to put it out and if everyone, if anyone, if it helps anyone, then, then that's good with me. Yeah. yeah yeah that's lovely and powerful and it there's like such a sense in the photos that I've seen um from what's online like there's a real tenderness and um humanity and and intimacy to the shots is that yeah like what what were some of the um feelings or energies in in the room in those moments that you hoped to kind of document in those photos it was excitement there was a lot of excitement and being in front of the camera for them is quite a vulnerable and intimidating feeling mm -hmm. so i me i was mainly just trying to make them as comfortable as possible and it wasn't like we sat down i was like okay i'm gonna take these photos it was more like a this looks good can i take a photo or he'll be like can I try and take a photo of you? But in the room, it was like, I have, it was not blurry, but like hazy and we were tired and it was like, it was a very relaxed, chilled out mood. Mm. Mm -hmm. I tried to, and it was, some of the photos are more in the moment of the actual sex. And then mainly majority of them were waking up with each other mm -hmm. or like just before going to bed so it's more because some of these guys I only met once but the connection I had with them was so powerful that I still talk to them today as friends and they're in relationships and it was like it was a bonding experience definitely for us to be taking photos of each other mm -hmm. absolutely I think in the article you sort of talked about it as being a form of therapy for you, mm -hmm. the process, and how does it feel now to sort of have it all coming to fruition and you've got this finished book? I think it was the act of taking the photos was really me being in control rather than mm -hmm. what happened months ago, which was completely out of my control. Mm. So it was, it was reclaiming that and doing things on my terms on my terms and being able to have more of an input and a say into what we as two people were doing because that was such a, I had to do that in order to get to where I am today. I had to speak up and yeah, the photos were just taking control of myself and taking control of the situation. But mm -hmm. now that it's out, it's just like, it's so 
refreshing and it's like a huge relief because I I think before you put something out that's really really big people will have an opinion and what I've heard has only been positive besides like the internet trolls out there that Hmm. just found a way to pick it apart that's what they do it's almost charming after a while it's like wow it's like you're it's it's like they were born to do it it's it's like it's like a talent I I was reading I think I woke up and went and watched I know like read an interview that I did and in the comment section it's just like I don't know how old he was or where he was from but he was commenting like you should teach him self-accountability and you should like if you hang around with the wrong crowd of course you're gonna get dragged and I was like but I didn't even have to say anything because everyone in the comment section was just like like destroying him and being mean I just said I just someone commented like everyone just be nice to each other and ignore him and then the website eventually just like blocked the guy from commenting anything wow yeah. yeah, it's really interesting to see how those dynamics shake out. I've had moments as an outspoken survivor myself of, of mm-hmm. watching people intervene in my behalf, and it's yeah. so nice. It's like, oh, my God, it's a battle I don't have to fight. I know, exactly. <sighs> and that one that you shouldn't have to fight either. <laughs> no. But those people, it's like for intervening, I just I have so much appreciation for that. It means so, so much to... Um, to just not have to fight that battle on mm. that day. But it, yeah, exactly. But it's even the fact that there is a battle to fight. Because yes. I think I was having a conversation where in 2018, in like the end of last year, there has been like, a, there's been huge blurred lines. So gender is now just like, there's no black and white. Hmm. It's all different and sexuality. But then assault and rape is pretty much black and white. It's a yes and no sort of thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really interesting as well to look at because people will say, people, are, I don't know, I like met a guy that said like, oh, that's so sad that you got yourself into that situation. And I was like, oh. mm, don't know if you can say it like that. And <laughs> I just had to like go and explain to him. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah completely insane. I've, it's so funny you bring that up because when people say stuff like that to me like and hearing you kind of tell the story part of me is like I just want to look at them and be like oh my goodness do you realize how ignorant you sound when you yeah, say that exactly I <sighs> them and I was like is this I like I don't know what he was trying to do and I was like I don't think you understand that you can't say that at all hmm. and I had to explain to people that this stuff even happens when you're in a relationship with someone like mm-hmm. just because you love someone doesn't mean they can't do that to you mm. and people say oh but they were married that doesn't matter at mm-hmm. all yeah um in the states at least like it's t- it took a long time for marital rape to be mm-hmm. defined in the legal yeah, it's the same as here. Books, yeah. I think it wasn't wow. until the 80s in New Zealand yeah. that it was illegal to rape your spouse. Yeah. Before then, it was just part of marriage. Oh, dear. I did not know that. I thought it was always just a common thing, common knowledge to know that if someone didn't want to do that, that was not okay to do it to them. Oh, no, no, no. I think um, some people are, it turns out, 
this is, you know, 101. But some people are entitled to other people's bodies. They just get mm. to do whatever they want. Um, I think, wow. yeah, I think it has something to do with being like, like a, a white cisgendered mm. penis hold beholder, beholder. <laughs> one oh, who okay. has a. I think that that is your like that becomes a pass card oh, sure, sure, sure. to do whatever you want to whoever you want whenever you want, like almost especially oh, so if they don't want it. Like out there, and they're getting away with it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why <laughs> I didn't, it happens. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so glad we could teach you something you. on our feminist <laughs> radio show today. <laughs> just to sorry, just to backtrack to a minute. Just one of your comments, uh, just talking about you know people in relationships, how someone that mm. you love can still do these things, and that's something we've talked about on the show quite a bit. How some people find it hard to reconcile this idea that someone that they love are capable of doing bad things. Mm -hmm. that can be so hard for people to come to terms with but it's a massive barrier you know for for getting better I guess yeah yeah the people that you trust and know I actually know a lot of sexual assault victims and after this project I know even more but I've never heard of um like I've never personally had anyone come to me or know anyone personally that has been assaulted by a complete stranger Mm. Mm. it's always the people that are around you and have been around you for a while or the people that you trust and know and are comfortable with Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think the stats are that you know over 90% of people know the person who assaults them but it's still something that you know that stranger the stranger rapist myth still gets perpetuated so much particularly in the media and then Mm -hmm. yeah makes it hard for people to come to terms with or even come forward with what's happened to them well and like that person a victim then has to uh yeah there's the process of negotiating one's own identity of like am i a victim what does that mean am i a survivor what does that mean and then like that's related to this whole figuring of what was the thing that happened and how do I name that and what's what does that mean and then there's the process of figuring the other human involved and if I call this rape is that person a rapist and then what does that mean because that label Mm -hmm. like it's you know kind of up there it's like rapists and murderers as though it's pretty loaded (laughs) it's super super loaded and sometimes I feel like that it's it's loaded to the point that it does a disservice to reporting and speaking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, with me, it was when it happened, I was very confused. And then for like in the five months, I thought, oh, like I just made every I what I did, and my counselor told me I was doing it. Like I don't even know, but I was making up excuses for him mm-hmm. so I could try and comprehend why someone would do what they did to me yeah so I was like maybe he was doing this or maybe he was going through that and then it took me until after like it took me a while to realize that actually it doesn't matter at all at all what he like what why he did it but the fact that he just did it mm. and I was very I was very scared of the word right because it was a like you said it's heavy but then as soon as I started saying it and acknowledging it, I think I found it easier to 
move forward or just live with. Mm. Yeah. I hear sometimes people, when they talk about, like, like well, I find this sometimes in research that I that I do or, or data that I'm working on or conversations where people talk about having really loving sexual experiences with people or really caring and respectful ones um, after sexual violence and and there's like that sense of stark relief between the episodes and it's sort of like it just creates a totally different sense of what's possible in sex but also makes it obvious like how awful that thing was that that person did and how intentional it must have been like such a contrast did you find anything like that um well, when it happened to me, I'd only had intercourse five times. Mm. So I I think mine worked in, like, reverse because when it happened, I was... It's, like, I think I was thinking about it... When I was listening to your... I was on the train in Melbourne, and I was listening to you guys talking about it, and then I was, like, getting teary-eyed because everything you were saying were, like... It was, like, spot on. Mm. It was talking about, like, the body reactions and how, like, there is a tensing of muscles and, a, like, a reflex to just push people off. And that's so, so common. And, like, that's what I went through when afterwards I had to... I met all these guys and took photos mm-hmm. and, like, reintroduced sex into my life. But that was still such a big and scary thing now I am like in a relationship it's something that I can speak to him about Hmm. and he's very very caring and just it because I I think there was like three different types of sexes that I had to go through and that was the unconsensual one the one night stand sort of thing and now like the relationship one Hmm. Those three are also different. Mm-hmm. Which, like, after going through what I did go through, I had to re-explore all of them. Right. It's just the perfect timing that, like, now I'm in a relationship, which is when now I can end the book. And it's, like, full circle from the book stemmed. Like, I didn't even know it stemmed from this, but it stemmed from someone doing an awful thing to me and someone I would never want to see again and it ended with someone that would someone that I care about a lot and trust a lot and I want to see every day mm-hmm. so it's a complete full circle now I'm so glad that <laughs> it's so joyous and so hopeful and it's really beautiful yeah it's a reality that you can go you like people think you can never have sex. I, I do think you can never have sex the same way as you could before the assault, but mm. I think there are now, well, there are ways to cope and find a new balance and a new way to have sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really beautifully said. And I think it's so important to, like, map the territory to something new in the wake of something so terrible like one one of the things i struggled with um for years was like the feeling that of of being alone the feeling of having to find my own way out of the thicket into some kind of clearing 
Um, and I really, anytime, like I saw other people's, you know, um, heard their stories or or connected with people around it, it was like getting thrown a life preserver or something. Um, and and yours is the first case around um, like and and story being told through images and words and I'm so excited to to take a look at the book and get it so um, yeah I'm really looking forward to it and I feel like that work of mapping is just so so valuable yeah I like I got bored on the train and I had my book on me and was reading it and even now I still get choked up reading some of the pages I don't talk about yourself I don't allude to it because I didn't want it like as a dark cloud in the corner of my room. Mm-hmm. So it's very light and it's very loving and it's all about connections and people because as you come across and your life in your life there's like paths and you cross over so many people's paths and you meet them at the right time and you meet them the most and all of these men came to my life at like the most important time and we I didn't even know it at the time, and they don't know it. They didn't know it, but now they do know, and I've heard mm. from all of them, and they've just been like, thank you for the night that we spent, and for like being in my life, and being my friend, and I now realize how important I was to you, and like, because the first guy was from Sydney, and we, we speak and we hang out every time I go to Sydney, but he didn't realize at the time that he was the first person after my assault. He well, at the time, he knew that I'd been assaulted, but he didn't know I was the first person hmm. that he was gonna, I was going to be with after it. So now he's been really, like, like he says he thinks about it most days and it's special to him. I'm actually doing a piece, I think, with a magazine where I speak to the first person I... Hmm. I had sex with and the last person and I which is my partner now and I was gonna get them to speak to each other and ask them questions. Yeah, mm. that's cool. That sounds really cool. And it's like a conversation with the first and the last person. Which again, which is like a full circle. Mm. That will be really interesting. Ooh, I wanna see that. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm I think it's gonna be like in July. Cool. Online. So hopefully I'll send you a link on Facebook. Yay! <laughs> so if people do want to buy your book, how do they do mm-hmm. that? So and they should. It's really good. I have a website which is just Robert Tennant. So Tennant is T E N N E N T dot Big Cartel dot com, or you can just Google Robert Tennant Come Back to Bed, and it is the fourth link on the first Google page. Yeah, cool. awesome. Alongside with all the interviews that also link to it. So cool. if you want it, you can find it. Awesome. And then you've got an exhibition up in Auckland. Yeah, I have an exhibition on Cross Street on May 22nd. And I haven't spoken about the concept, but I'll tell you because I'm so obsessed with it. So it's going to be like a performance piece. Hmm. It's down a really big dark hallway and... All the photos will be printed on bed sheets and pillowcases, so like silk. Wow. And I come out and hang them on like 
the washing line like I'm doing my washing. And some of the guys have given me their like socks and underwears and towels to hang up. So all the pieces that will be hung up that aren't art pieces are from the guys that are from my book. That sounds mm-hmm. phenomenal. And some majority, if not all of the guys, will be there. So. Wow. It can be like a fun game where you can pick out who's who. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm so excited for it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my I'm goodness. Getting, I'm getting those printed photos out this week. Yeah. I'm picking the fabric today and then picking the photos that I want to print out. Awesome. And then will you sell those or, or are you just showing them? I think I'll... I'm just showing them, but I might turn them into shirts or like take, turn the actual fabrics into shirts or just leave them if anyone wants to get them, then I'm sure I'll just sell them on my Instagram. Mm, cool. Awesome. Ma'am, I wish we could get you down to Dunedin. I know. My flatmates are all going to Dunedin on Tuesday and I was like, wow, why didn't you tell me this earlier? I probably could have just been like popped down there. Hmm. Yeah. Well, somewhere down the line. Yeah, one day. Yeah, the maps will intersect. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a treat. I've been looking Mm. forward to it all week long. Me too. Highlight of my week. So me too. Literally, I was like doing stuff, and I was like, I need to get home. I need to sit down for this. (laughs) (laughs) We. Thank Um, you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for speaking about it last week and saying such nice things. That was that meant a lot. Oh Mm. yay! Please. Well, we'd shake your hand if we could or give you a high five, but as it is, yeah. we'll just have to bookmark that for something down the path. And um, yeah. and we'll be sure to, um, eventually we're going to have our social media stuff up and running, so we'll make sure to start um, tweeting out and promoting some of your work as it continues to develop. So do keep us posted. Thank you.